you know, C.S. Lewis, who wrote The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, for any of you that might have read it, um, he says that joy is the serious business of heaven. And I think sometimes as adults, we have a lot to learn from those of you that are younger, because I think we get a bit more serious as we get older, don't we? We get distracted by the busyness of life or the next thing on our to-do list or the person that's saying um, they need us over here or they need us over there. And um, I think that we need to learn a little bit more from the children in this room. So... (laughs) Oh, you can see a picture. So one of the things that we we developed a tradition during the last two years during lockdown, because I love a celebration. And when I married Graham, I realized that in his family that where he grew up, they, they didn't really do much for birthdays, which I just thought was wrong and incredibly rude. So we've been married a few years now. And, and so I saw it as my mission initially to... Um, instill into Graham this practice of joy and celebration and um, and a lot of that involved cake and parties and loud music and disco dancing Graham's not so keen on the disco dancing and the fancy dress he's not so keen on the fancy dress either Um, but during lockdown oh Abby says he is a good dancer (laughs) beauty is in the eye of the beholder they say don't they Um, But during lockdown, when we couldn't do or that we couldn't meet all of our friends and have people round, and, um, and that's one of the things I love, um, we developed the tradition of having a raclette, which you can see around the table. Um, it's basically a meal that developed in the mountains. It's lots of cheese and meat and carbs and lots of food, and you always feel really full at the end. And basically, you cook it yourself. So it means that as the person that does most of the cooking in the household, um, I get a night off because I only have to cook what I'm going to eat. So it is a lot of fun. So some people take time to celebrate on a Friday evening, don't they? Maybe you have a takeaway on a Friday evening. I know a few people that do that. I know that some people in the room have wine Friday because they've got to the end of the week. Um, Maybe you celebrate, maybe you're at school and you celebrate with stickers and certificates. And does that ring any bells? Yeah, that happens, doesn't it? birthdays at school. If you're in our small group and you take part in the annual Christmas quiz um, and you win, you get a sparkly potato. If you want to know more about that, you have to come and speak to us afterwards. Um, Do you know what? Our practice of celebration, our practicing of joy is the very serious business of heaven. And the Apostle Paul, Paul was a complete legend, wrote a lot of the New Testament, wrote letters to the churches to encourage them. He had an amazing encounter with Jesus. And in his letter to the church in Philippi, he said this. He said, to those of you that follow Jesus, rejoice. And again, rejoice, I say, in the Lord always. Rejoice, celebrate, be thankful, be full of joy. Not faking it. And let's face it, there's lots of things that happen in the world and that are happening right now where it feels that there is very little joy and there's very little reason to be joyful. So I'm not talking about just pretending and sticking a smile on your face just for the sake of it, but instead acknowledging how we're feeling and what's going on, but turning our focus to God anyway to bring to mind all the reasons that we can be joyful and thankful A theologian and author called Lewis Smead says, to miss out on joy is to miss the reason for our existence. The Bible talks about joy being, I think, in the non-optional category. It's a command. Life is a gift. 
and we can develop this practice of celebration. For those of you that might not have read the Old Testament, which is the first part of the Bible, it is full of God saying to his people, remember, remember and celebrate. Have a feast day. And I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but for Christmas, the celebrations might last Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. Like in the Old Testament, they'd have feast days and they'd last for a week singing, dancing, eating, drinking, having a party, a week-long celebration. For some of us, that's really appealing. I know that for some of you in the room, like an afternoon is plenty, and then you'd rather just say goodbye to everybody. But the Old Testament, the Bible is full of it. Um, And sitting down, eating together. And that's partly why after this service, if you're able to, we're going to have a picnic um, at Mike and Khadija's in their garden. I'm hoping it's not going to rain because we want to eat together. We want to celebrate. We want to have fun. So today, my challenge to you is to make a decision that you're going to celebrate more because I think that we all need it, let alone it being something that is biblical. So think of all the reasons you could celebrate. Celebrate a day off once a week, Sabbath. Celebrate it being Friday evening and you've worked from Monday to Friday. Celebrate anniversaries, birthdays, promotions, paydays, certificates from school. When your teacher says, well done, that was a great piece of work. Have a celebration. Maybe not actually at the time because you might get into trouble. But when you get home or when you're out for break, have a celebration. Do a little funky dance. Celebrate the fact that your teacher has said that you have done something well. Celebrate positive feedback from your employers. Celebrate holidays. After all, they are holy days. You know, Psalm 118 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. And we can celebrate, we can experience joy despite everything that's going on. We can find it. Karl Barth, a famous theologian who just speaks such wisdom, says, Joy is defiant, nevertheless. It puts a full stop to get, uh, it puts a puts a full stop against bitterness and resentment. Find a reason to celebrate. Okay, so we're celebrating today our eleventh birthday. Can you believe it? Whoop whoop! Um, but we're also celebrating four people that are going to be baptised later today, or maybe three. Let's go with four. Um, In case you're wondering what baptism is, um, I'm just going to quickly explain. You know, if we had our own building um, and we didn't pay money to the university to rent this place that they might kick us out, we'd have a big paddling pool right here and we'd fill it with warm water. And what we would do is we would, and we're going to do all this later, but outside in a garden where we're not going to get into trouble, we will put people under the water and don't worry, we will bring them back up again. And that is baptism. And you might be thinking, why? What's the point? Well, mainly we do this because Jesus and his disciples, who were the leaders of the early church, said to. They told us to. For example, Peter, who was one of, his, one of Jesus's best friends, he was an absolute legend in the early church. And he said, repent, which means to turn around, to um, turn around your thinking and where you're heading and be baptized. Why? Because baptism is a symbol, a symbol that lots of Jesus' first followers would have been um, already known about. And Jesus wanted to use it to symbolize a decision. How many of you remember being born? How many of you remember giving birth? Okay, so it's fair to say whether we remember it or not, 
we were all born, right? Yeah, we were all born. Yeah, without being born, we would be nothing. We wouldn't even be here, would we? We've all been born. And, um, but actually, you don't become a British citizen. You don't become a citizen of the UK until you have been registered and you get a birth certificate. That certificate is recognition of something that has already happened. That, that birth certificate doesn't make you more alive. It just makes you a legal resident in, in the UK. And baptism is a little bit like an action that recognizes a decision that has been made. And it symbolizes three things. The first is being washed clean. I don't know how many of you wash. We have interesting debates in our family about washing. Soap or not soap. In baptism, we don't use soap. But the going under the water represents being washed clean. The rest of Peter's, se Peter's sentence when he said, repent and be baptized. He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Now, sin is the word that the Bible uses to talk about the things that we do, the thoughts that we have um, that are, are not our best. The things that we say that aren't, aren't, aren't God's best for us. They don't please his heart and they don't fit with his plan for us to thrive. And we all know, don't we, if we're being honest, that we do things, we say things, we think things that aren't that good. They aren't kind and honoring. Sometimes they're not even good for us. And the Bible calls that sin. And sin separates us from God. Separ stops us having relationship with God because God is pure and holy and anything that isn't pure and holy offends him. But, and it's a very big but, God loves us so much that he couldn't stand the thought of us not being in relationship with him. He couldn't stand the thought of us being separated from him. So he came to earth himself in Jesus to make sure that we could be in relationship with him. And, you know, years before Jesus was born, a guy called Isaiah, a prophet, talked about Jesus. And it says this in the Bible, in the message version of the Bible in Isaiah 53. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him. Everything we've ever done, thought or said, Jesus took on himself when he died so that we could be washed clean. So baptism signifies being washed clean on the inside for all the things that break God's heart. Baptism also signifies dying, dying to our old way of living and embracing new kingdom life. So the going under the water symbolizes waving goodbye to your old life. And coming up from the water symbolizes waving hello to a new kingdom life. A kingdom life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, where we seek to follow Jesus every day with our thoughts, our words, our actions. Jesus died on the cross to get rid of our sins so that when he rose again, he could offer us a brand new life, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, baptism signifies being welcomed into the worldwide church of God, the family of God. And back in the day when Jesus was alive, um, they'd baptize people in the river. And uh, we decided that the River Chelmer was mm, 
a little bit mucky and a little bit chilly for today. So hence, we've got hopefully a warm pool in Mike and Khadija's garden. Um, but what would happen when they were baptizing people in the river, they'd have over here, they'd have all of the people being baptized. In the middle of the river, they'd have the people doing the baptizing. And then over this side of the river, on this riverbank, would be the church with their towels and their hugs ready to welcome people into the family of God. And so that's what baptism is. It's a symbol of a decision to follow Jesus and to be part of his family. So baptism signifies being washed clean, dying to our old selves and becoming part of God's family. It's an external action of an internal decision. If you would like to know more, then please do come and talk to us. If you would find it helpful, then on the table outside, we've got some Why Jesus booklets. If that would be interesting to read, do pick one of those up. And it might be that you'd like to come back on a Sunday where we worship and pray, but we also talk about the Bible and how we can live with and for Jesus. So choosing baptism is most definitely something to celebrate. We can get serious about celebration today.